0: Welcome to Heaven Sent and Bent on TalkZone.com, a place to talk about the experiences that we call life. We'll share the sorrow and the joy that makes this earthy existence real and makes us who we are. Now, here's your host, Renee Steelman. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today on Heaven Sent and Bent. I am Renee Steelman, your host, and you are listening to me on TalkZone.com. Uh, again, the name of my show is Heaven Sent and Bent. And you can find my show under the New Horizons channel on the website, talkzone.com. You can also listen to a podcast after the show is broadcast uh, on my website, which is heavenandnot.com. So I hope that you are either listening live or listening to the podcast afterwards. And the goal of the show is every week I interview someone who has gone through some kind of a trial in their life. And who, that would be everyone, right? We've all gone through something in our life. Or we're continuing to go through something. And what I really love is that I'm interviewing people who have seen the dark side, but they've come out of the dark and they're into the light. And they've done it and they're sharing their wisdom with us that they've uh, gone through. And that's what we need. We need to have hope. I mean, depression... Is derived from loss of hope. The, the the thought that there's no way out, that things will never get better. And that whatever our lot is, that is that is the way things will be forever. And that's where people, they just lose the will to even continue. And so I hope by interviewing people who have gone through life's journeys, that it will be an inspiration for all of you. And remember, I always like to remind my listeners of the quote from Albert Einstein, which is, there are only two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle, the other is as though everything is a miracle, and I believe that that is such a good message. We need to have that mantra in in the back of our minds at all times, reminding ourselves that life in general is a miracle. The fact that we are here on this earth is truly a miracle, and we need to be grateful for our lives, and then find try to find joy in whatever trial it is we're going through. And you know, trials can be little trials don't have to be life changing it can be something as annoying as you know one of those days where you can't find your keys and then you get into the car and your gas tank is on empty or you get a flat tire on the way to work or and everything just seems to go wrong it it can be something as simple as that where you just go to bed and say, we're going to start over tomorrow because today was horrendous. So, you know, even even days like that, we can learn something. And today, my guest is definitely going to teach us something. And uh, my guest today is Laura Young. And Laura is a mommy blogger. She is an extreme mommy. She is the mother of seven children. So she's got me beat by one. And um, two of her children have actually been diagnosed with autism. And so we're going to talk with Laura today just about the trials of being a mom and the fact that she can even be my guest today, that she has found a quiet corner. We're going to talk about how she even pulled that off because with seven children, that is a feat right there. So Laura, how are you today?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: (laughs) I'm doing very well. So I have to ask, you know, because all of us mothers know that children can be plugged in front of a video they could be you know uh enthralled with some kind of a sesame street episode and some kind of sixth sense the minute you get on the phone they're like on your body you know so how have you pulled off yeah how how have you pulled off this call this morning
1: well i'm cheating today because i actually have someone here helping me so that i can make this call And the kids have all been instructed that if they have a question, which, of course, they will have, um, because I'm on the phone, like you said, um, that they're to ask her, not me. And if the baby wakes up, there's a pacifier or maybe actually probably three of them by the bed. And (laughs) the little ones are being occupied. So, yeah, I have to say that I'm actually cheating. Otherwise, I would be in my closet with the doors locked.
0: Exactly, and well, you know what? But what I love. Banging, so. Okay, I hope we can. That'll just add to the the nuance yeah. of the show. But I love exactly what you've just said because that is one of the messages for my heaven sent and bent episodes. Is you called in for backup? You called in <laughs> the troops. You ha- you realized. That in order for you to do what you needed to do this morning, anyway, um, you needed some help. And that's the message that we talk about a lot on this show is that, you know, in spite of the superhuman, um, message that we were given back in the 80s about how to be a superwoman, a super mom, the reality is we all need help. And yeah. so I love that you're starting out that way. So tell us, Laura, I want to know a little bit about your timeline. Did you always want a large family? Did you, you know, just that was your your focus as a young person. When I grow up, I want to be, you know, parentheses, a mom. Tell us a little bit about that journey.
1: Well, it's funny because I was actually talking with the lady that's here um, helping out with the kids today about this very topic. Um, I'm the oldest of five girls, so I grew up in a large family, and so that's what I'm used to. And I love, I mean, actually growing up, I did not like it so much because I thought, you know, <laughs> little siblings to be annoying, of course. Of course. But um, uh, one found me. (laughs) Um, But but I always knew that I wanted to be a wife and a mommy. As far as, like, how many I wanted, I never had, like, a set number in my head. I just knew that after my third was born, I wanted at least five kids. And then after five was born, I thought, no, I think I I really want another one. Now, seven was a surprise, but um, I'm very grateful for number seven. She's a little girl and... Before her, I only had one other girl and five crazy boys, so oh
0: my gosh. <laughs> hopefully
1: she'll even things out. <laughs> so,
0: right, right. Yeah, um,
1: big families are fun, and, and you know, we all, um, you know, people always ask, you know, how do you do it? Because I have one or two, and it's so hard. And I'm like, yes, actually, one or two is very hard, but when you have mm-hmm. a bigger family, they all have to help in and pitch out and or pitch in and, you know, help take care of each other, and they do that. My kids are really good, even without me asking. They just kind of know when to help out one of
0: their siblings or oh my gosh you know, like, you're hey, so Mom, right
1: not just for lunch and
0: <laughs> you know what you're break. so right and I love that you're saying that because not I mean everyone's family situation is different and there are people who are so grateful that they were even even able to have two children because it was a struggle sure. to even you know infertility issues and things like that but yeah. exactly what you said well about um about having my my daughter often tells this story is she had a friend, you know, they used to live overseas and she used to have a friend that only had one child. And so this mm-hmm. this this person was always saying, can I bring home, you know, your daughter? Can I so and so come over and play? And and she Aww. would say, heck no, that those are, the, you know, my kids are playmates for each other. I'm right. not going to let go of one of my playmates that just because you have one, I'm sorry. I'm not letting go of my built in oh, little no. play group yeah, here. Those
1: are my helpers and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Substitute babysitters so, sometimes.
0: But. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and they do. I remember having friends who also you would have to bring other friends on vacations with their kids. And mm-hmm. I always remember going, oh, I'm so glad I don't have to do that because my kids all have their built in playmates, you know,
1: right? Cause you had so. six, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, we have six. Yeah,
1: okay, yeah.
0: So you're right, it's, it, it you know is, it's like. I mean, uh, I guess strategically it could be a little bit more difficult, um, but actually it gets easier the more you have. I know it sounds crazy, but... <laughs> it does. Yeah. So tell us about though, with your first one being diagnosed with autism, that had to be a little bit of a wah. How, how, it really tell us was. about that.
1: Um, So I didn't work. Well, I I stayed home the first year after he was born, and then I went to work for about a year, and then I stayed home with him again after we moved um, different cities. And, you know, up until I would say he was about a year old, he seemed to be progressing the way that everybody else was progressing. You know, Mm -hmm. he was picking up words. He was not walking yet, but he was crawling, and he was very smiling and very active, and You know, um, we used to go to my parents' house a lot, and they had a macaw, which if you've ever been around one of those, they're very loud. Yeah. But he was fine with all the noise and the chaos at my parents' house because there were still, you know, my younger siblings there and that bird and, you know, guests, and he was fine. Mm -hmm. But then about, I would say about 18 months old, I started noticing that he could no longer handle that. Um, mm-hmm. At my parents' house, whenever that bird would scream, he'd start screaming and covering his ears or hitting his ears. Um, he had a hard time following directions. I mean, he used to be able to do at least, you know, one-step directions, like, can I have my keys or can I have this? And he'd give it to me. Mm-hmm. But that kind of stopped, too, for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, he quit smiling. He quit mm-hmm. making eye contact. And then I went, let's see. So then, at that point, when I started noticing differences, he was in daycare, and the daycare said, "Yeah, we do notice." They didn't mention autism. They just said, "Yeah, he just kind of seems like he's in his own little world a lot." Mm. So then, um, I would say this went on probably until he was about four, and I kept thinking, I kept making excuses because, you know, as your first, you, you right. know, they're supposed to fit this mold of like, you know, they're perfect and beautiful, and everything's going to go just fine, and mommy is going to be so easy, but. So I made excuses for him, like, well, he's not talking because he doesn't have siblings or because he's not in daycare or because he's not in school, or maybe I don't talk enough to him, or maybe it's because he's a boy and boys are a little bit slower. No offense.
0: No, (laughs) Um, yeah, you're right.
1: (laughs) Yes, I kept, you know, making excuses for why he wasn't progressing the way that everybody else seemed to be progressing. But about Mm -hmm. that time, I had several different people, and a couple of them were actually school teachers that were friends of ours. That um, said, you know you might want to go and get him checked out. And at first, they were kind of hesitant to say what they meant by that. But then I had right. one lady that said, "Look, I, I think he's autistic. You should definitely go and get him evaluated."
0: Oh my so, gosh! How did yeah, you take I was, that? I mean, what was your first initial reaction? Was it like, were you offended or were you scared, or what was your first reaction?
1: I was. I think because she was a really good friend. Um, mm. I wasn't really offended. I thought that that's not, that's not what it is. Mm. Um, so I was more like, okay, I, I do appreciate your concern. I'm pretty sure that's not what it is, but I'll go ahead and get it checked out because a lot of people have been saying stuff. So, you know, secretly, mm. privately, <laughs> without telling anybody else, I did make an appointment through the um, the Children's Hospital in Austin. And oh. um, they did a diagnosis. Well, See, it was probably about a two-hour evaluation, a private evaluation, but they did, and they um, they said, yes, he's definitely autistic. Um, he was four and a half at the time of the evaluation, and, I mean, they had a very long, detailed report, so reading that report was very difficult. And then mm. seeing where he was supposed to be compared to, you know, other kids at his age, and then where he actually was, which was at a two-year level, that was also mm. very difficult.
0: Right, and, right. Um,
1: yeah, so... It was definitely not what I was expecting at all. Um, right.
0: How long did it take you? It how long did it take you to? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Laura. How long did it take you to get into that evaluation process in Austin? What was your wait time?
1: You know, it, it really was not that long at all. I have to say that I was pretty pleased. I think, um, you know, later I made him an appointment for a um, child neurologist, and I think I, it was maybe like a month in advance. But I mm. think. Maybe at the most. I mean, it's been so. I mean, it's been ten years now. But I want to say right, that right. I probably didn't wait more than three weeks from the time of the appointment. Oh, so,
0: what a blessing! I, I think that's one of the most frustrating things here in, in, in Southwest Washington, where we are. Is that everything you hear or read about autism, they just keep saying, you know, early intervention, early intervention, you you know, get in there and then you call the evaluation places and there's literally a two year waiting list to get up to Oregon Health Science. You know, and so people are thinking, but I need. Yes, just for an evaluation, and it's so yeah. frustrating for people who are frantic because everyone thinks, like you say, when they talk about early intervention, you're like, okay, that's tomorrow. I, let's do this tomorrow. Right. And when you're told, you know, to go from, like you say, to go from three to five, you're, you know, mm-hmm. that's insane. So that, oh, I'm so. Uh, uh, that's amazing that you were able to get in so quickly. That's so important. How did your husband yeah, I don't
1: know how react?
0: Be okay, now, okay go ahead. But- Yeah.
1: Um, You know, he he was in denial, too. He did not think that there was anything wrong with him. Right. And even when I came back and I I said, this is what's going on. And, you know, for example, he can't hop on one foot. That was one of the, you know, like gross motor skills, fine motor skills. Um, His lowest scores were in the language reception and output. So what he's understanding and then what he's able to spit back out was where he scored the lowest. But he also Mm. did have some difficulty with gross motor skills. Mm-hmm. And so my husband, you know, kind of basically retested him that night, like, no, that can't possibly be right. And I don't know. It was just it was just kind of like, um, I guess we were just kind of stunned. I mean, nobody yes. mad or
0: no. Right. <laughs> not, and I, don't you think I don't that think moms I cried
1: right away? I think I was just more stunned than anything. Um, oh. With my second child was well, the next one that was diagnosed, he's three and a half now.
0: I did uh-huh. cry over that
1: one. That was, oh, that,
0: was that would be hard for some
1: reason. Yeah. yeah. so
0: Well, um, talk a little bit about that because now you've got a three-year-old and he is, you know, a handful and you've got to do double duty. So did that influence your decision to have more children at all?
1: No, it really didn't. Um, okay. Well, by the time I got the diagnosis, my second one was already born. so Okay. Um, okay. And then, um, so the next one with autism is number five. Okay. Um, and he was, you know, he was. I, I was also very shocked when they said autism with him too. Because oh
0: my gosh! I'm
1: comparing him to the first one. The first right. one was very calm, very docile, but he could not handle any sort of stimulation. He's he's a lot better now. We can talk about that later if you want. But um,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. He's
1: much better as far as like you know, tuning out outside noise and he just avoids places that make him feel uncomfortable and he doesn't make a big deal about it. He just kind of goes out every once in a while. He'll start covering up his ears. And I just, you know, tell him not to do that or, you know, go ahead right. and work if it's bothering him. But right. with my three-year-old, he's much different. He went from being a very, very calm baby, whereas my first was up all night. Like he was probably colicky. Mm. Um, but then with this one, he... um you know, very calm, very easygoing baby, very smiley. Um, Anybody could hold, uh, made eye contact, but he just wasn't speaking. And so several people were saying, you know, you should get him evaluated through the school system, um, you know, for early intervention, like you were saying, and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, check for autism. And I actually got, (laughs) there was one friend in particular that, I actually got really defensive with her. I was like, look, he may be speech delay, but he is not autistic. He is not this. He is not that. He's fine. Yeah,
0: and I know autism. I've seen <laughs> autism. I know what it looks yeah. like. Yeah.
1: That's not him. No. <laughs> I went <Yeah>. past that. <laughs> so, you know, after a while, I, I went ahead and I was like, well, you know, what could it hurt? Let's just go and get him checked out. So I made an appointment this time through the, um, the school district. So oh. their initial evaluation was only maybe 20 minutes, and they said, okay, we would like to do further evaluating, um, in the preschool classroom, um, for a five-day period, we would like to check him out for autism, and again, when she said Ugh. autism, I was like, what, no, no, he's just speech delayed, he's just
0: yeah. not talking
1: as fast as everybody else, right, so, um, yeah, so when he, um, again, they had a very detailed report at the end of the five days, and, um, you know, it came back, you know, very clearly, like, what, what they grade him on. I hate to say grading, but, like, what they, right. you know, different things that they check for. And right. so, let's see, he's he's three and a half, and he, um, his language input and output also is at about a 20-month level, I think they said.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, he's very, very smart. And so, the, the, both of them are. They're both very, like, those two extremes, very gifted, yet. Um, yep, yep. My, my three-year-old is very easily frustrated, I think, because he is so smart, but he can't communicate. Yes. So he throws, and he hits, and he, <laughs> and he right. screams, and he throws tantrums, and has meltdowns, and I've had to leave many doctor's appointments and stores, and which I've also blogged about. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Um, but he's he's a sweetheart. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, he snuggles up next to me and, you know, falls asleep with me. Right, <laughs> so,
0: Right, and know, that's what I think so important about... You know, reminding people that autism is a spectrum. And so, um, and, and, and in a way, it's a little frustrating because if you do an evaluation and they're going through a checkout, a check line, a checklist, you know, and they're right. saying, does he make eye contact or does he, uh, reject, uh, touch? And if they happen to make eye contact or like you were saying, your other one loves to snuggle and loves to hug. That doesn't mean he's not autistic. Those are just, that's just a difference in the spectrum. And so I get frustrated with, um, you know, like when I had my grandson evaluated, he does make pretty good eye contact. You can see if you really look at him that he's looking away. Um, Mm -hmm. but his verbal ability is, is excellent. And so they kind of looked at this fact that he was chatty and all of that. And they, they kind of said, I don't think he's autistic. I think he's just hyperactive. And I kind of was, I looked at them and it was like, no, 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 no. You are not seeing all of the other signs, you know? Right. So we're in the process of getting him reevaluated because now four years later, I've had other people, other schools say to me, have you had him tested for autism? I'm like, "Thank you."
1: Oh, really? Thank you. Yeah. Yes,
0: because they did not look at him. They you know, they took this one picture and that's what they were judging everyone by. So, it's so important right. to realize that like you say, it it might be a speech delay, but it might not be. It might be eye contact, but it might not be. It might be sensory disorder, but it might not be. You have to know your child and then you have to become the advocate for your child. So, yeah, but I cannot have to find imagine. you
1: willing to listen and work with you too. That's the other big thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. So, I what needed? kind of therapy? I mean, now you've got two with a few people in between. How how have you been able to work therapy into all of your lives?
1: Um, you mean like ABA therapy and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah,
0: ABA therapy or physical therapy or occupational therapy or whatever kind of therapy you've had to do. What What have you put into well, your, into place for your family?
1: We have not done any of that with any of them um, for more than, well, let's see, my, my first one did go to public school for the first two years. So he, he repeated kindergarten. Uh-huh. And um, they did have, you know, occupational therapists and speech therapists and, you um, Then they had, you know, a teacher that would kind of come in the classroom and kind of assist him with his work. But at the end of two years in kindergarten, I just didn't feel like – and so the other problem is he wasn't able to communicate with me very well, but he would say little things every once in a while that made me think that um, he was not really getting the help that he needed. Uh, And he wasn't learning anything either. Um, mm -hmm. He still didn't know his alphabet. He still couldn't count. And Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that's necessarily the fault of the school system – Sure. I'm just saying that it wasn't working for him, so that's when right. I decided to pull him out and homeschool him. And okay. because I was able to use that extra time, you know, I was able to find curriculum that's specially tailored for kids who are autistic. Like we use Touch Math, and mm. that helps. That's that's very good for kids with um, who are kinesthetic learners, or kids who mm. are autistic. And that's what finally cemented in his brain how like a number actually represents quantity and then we could move past just counting which that's another story that took us a year to learn just how to Mm -hmm. count but then how to add and then go from there and then with my three-year-old he's um like I said he's very very active so I've um you know I'll do little things with him like um, he loves his alphabet, obsessed with his alphabet probably.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I
1: make him little alphabet books and he, you know, that kind of calms him down sometimes or, you know, sometimes I yeah. have to take things away when it's getting him too frustrated. Um, but then he also likes to draw in the sand or have me draw in sand. I get the bright green sand and then I'll pour it out oh, on a plate gosh. for him and then we just draw our letters so that he's touching right. and saying it at the same time. So again, it's cementing in his brain. A lot of books. Um, again, for him, I'm just kind of, his is a fairly new diagnosis, so I'm kind of just
0: right.
1: winging it right now, <laughs> I guess you could say.
0: Right, um, right. With my older
1: one, I just, um, we, we move at his pace, um, and he's very, very patient. He's, he's a, I mean, that kid is a blessing, really. He's just, he's awesome. Mm. Um, and I let him read a lot because that's what he really loves to do and he reads.
0: Oh, him
1: you know, anything science-related. So yeah, I would
0: yeah. say that
1: I guess that's not really answering your question, but we have not done things. No, it yet. is. We haven't really it had is a because, for it. Yeah, than-
0: I, right, and I think exactly what you've said. I remember, you know, uh, again, everyone needs to find their own, their own help. And when my son, who has cerebral palsy, they, you know, immediately the early intervention team sent out someone to do um, physical therapy, kind of play, because he was a baby. He was only right. a year at this time. And well, I guess he was almost three, but I remember the stress of having to get up, get dressed, get him up, get him dressed, pick up the house, have everything in place so that this person could come over to my house. And then right. I remember she sat on the floor. She got out a few toys out of her bag and she put him in his, in her lap and she started dangling these toys in front of him. And I remember going, are you kidding me? Is that, is that what yes, we're doing they did here? That with because, my three-year-old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, I have six other children that are going to play with him today. So if this is what, you know, if this is the stimulation that you think he needs, I can do okay. that. Get out of my house. I can do that in my pajamas. So, yeah. Well, that's
1: funny because ha- they did. Okay. So with my three year old, his first problems were when he was about, you know, he was a big, healthy boy when he was born. He was nine four. By oh, six wow. months, he was 18 pounds. Now, by 16 months, he only weighed 16 pounds. So he had been losing weight. I could not get him to eat foods at all. So he was only yeah. nursing. I don't care if it was ice cream; he would not eat it. So I started yeah. seeing an MD who was also a holistic doctor who got him on some supplements. But he also could not crawl, would not walk. He didn't walk until he was 20, 21 months.
0: Yeah. And
1: um, so he said, "Well, why don't why don't you go take him in for physical therapy?" So it's just at the same time that I'm getting the physical therapy evaluation done i was also seeing a chiropractor you know making changes in his diet as far as supplements um so the chiropractor really got him back into shape and he was able to start walking but i remember also going in with that physical therapist for two hours he was 18 months old and he was so frustrated because she was doing the same thing like she had her pen and paper and um She's like, okay, Isaac, you know, climb over this and come get this. And he doesn't know what she's saying. I already knew that. And right. he just sat there and kind of was like, he wouldn't listen to her. And he wouldn't, you know, play ball, so to speak, but, you know, literally yeah. do with her. And for two hours, we're going through this. And finally, she's like, well, maybe it would help if you went out of the room. And I said, okay, I'll go out of the room. So I go out of the room, and then he's just screaming. Oh. So... <laughs> So at the end yeah. of their evaluation, of course, they had nothing positive to say. I mean, not necessarily negative about my son, but, yeah, he right. needs lots of work. He's going to need physical therapy three times a week. He's going to need food therapy three times a week. And I'm already pregnant with my six this time. I'm like, there's no way. <laughs> not to mention, yeah. you couldn't even keep his attention for two hours. I mean, I don't see how – I'm not going to yeah. bring him in for this type of torture. <laughs> so yeah. I actually, I, I went back to the doctor and um, – told him, you know, what was going on and that I think that he's been progressing. He was actually pleased to see that he was, you know, beginning to walk and starting to eat more foods, you know, after the supplement. So he signed an order saying, okay, physical therapy is not needed at this time.
0: So, oh.
1: um, you know, so we were able to, you know, right. through that. Now one. that's
0: an interesting, that's an interesting comment that you made. Do you feel as though his appetite increased after he started taking the supplements?
1: Yes, because what I found out um, is that Okay, obviously, if you can breastfeed, that's the best. But after right. a year, you need to start supplementing a child's diet with other types of nutrition because your milk, although it's still good and healthy for the child, it, it ceases to become adequate enough for, you know, a full time, you know, their, their complete menu, I guess you could say.
0: Right, right. So,
1: um, so with him, since he wasn't eating, he was deficient in, um, actually, his blood work came back showing that. Um, it almost looked like a malnourished child. Yeah. So, um, he prescribed zinc because if a child is deficient in zinc, foods do not taste good to them at all.
0: And oh. it
1: also affects like they're, um, um, they're more tired when they're deficient in zinc too. So he might be <laughs> less inclined to actually try and get up and walk. Um, he put him on iron, which also helps to, um, you know, make him want foods. um, helps definitely with your your bone development and um, strength and he put him on L-carnitine which is um, also helps with muscle development so yeah then right. he started eating and oh, then that's once excellent. he started eating then he started walking and again so I worked hand in hand with you know this doctor and then the chiropractor to get him you know oh, at least that's excellent appetite.
0: advice and, Right, and you know what I I think is interesting too. Again, you have to you have to put on a little bit of armor, and you have to be you know not too thin skinned because you have to recognize that you have what five minutes with a doctor. You go in there, you know, they're under a timeline; they only have a certain amount of time. But I remember taking my grandson in, who is chunky, and you see a lot of autistic kids that are heavier, and but and and I thought you know it's funny that for some reason the um. The medical community has not jumped on board with this as a symptom of of the disease or the, the whatever it is um, because you would never, you know, everyone acknowledges that Down syndrome children have low muscle tone and so they're a little chunky and everyone mm-hmm. understands that. But for some reason, they haven't quite jumped on board with that with the autism community. So, you know, when I took him in to be tested, the doctor kind of looked at me like, well, you need, and he starts lecturing me, you need to not give him sweets. You need to cut back on the right. carbs. You need to get him out exercising at least an hour a day. And I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, do I look it's like I'm eating inaccurate. cookies since carbs? Yeah. Right. And it's like, uh, we don't eat like that in our house. Um, you know, I've raised six children. My kids all had a cookie once in a while and, but they were outside playing. This little guy, He can barely get in a car. His muscle tone is so, you know, messed Mm -hmm. up. So they don't understand that. And so what you're saying would be almost considered alternative medical care, you know. But, boy, the medical community needs to jump on board with that and stop blaming and start recognizing and then giving advice, you know.
1: Right. And the other thing about um, kids who are on the spectrum is a lot of them tend to overeat. And yeah. the reason is because they don't have the same, what would you call it, I guess, gauge in their brain that says, hey, I'm full now. I'm going to stop eating.
0: They right. keep eating.
1: So, I, like with my oldest, even though he's 14, he has to ask for a snack. And I have to – now, he is on a, on a diet, a gluten-free, mostly caffeine-free diet,
0: uh-huh.
1: um, as pretty much we all are, but um, – you know, I have to monitor how much he's... I mean, I give him a good size portion, like, you know, because I know he's a teenager and he needs to eat a lot. Right. He does have healthy snacks, like, you know, fruits and vegetables. But if I were... And I, I've been around a lot of autistic kids because a lot of... Um, he had a lot of friends um, about a year ago who were his same age and on the spectrum also. And right. people just eat and eat and eat and eat. And <laughs> it's... I, I don't know the science behind it, but I do know that... um it's very common for autistic kids, like you said, to be a little overweight. And that is one of the things is that if it's not muscle tone and they're not getting out enough, then it's because they also don't have that, you know, that little sensor in their brain saying, we're done now. We have to stop.
0: Right. We're right. Eating
1: for a different right. reason almost.
0: Did but you have to that. do anything extreme as far yeah. as hiding food or locking food up or, or anything like that?
1: No, I didn't because, um, I'm very blessed with my with my oldest. He was very good about um, you know his diet, and he um, you know. And when we first went that way, we got rid of everything out of the house, so there were no temptations. So everybody was right. dairy free. Everybody was dairy free.
0: Right. Um, with
1: my second son, he's 11, and he is very ADD. <laughs>
0: so okay,
1: about four years ago, I put him on the same diet because that is also um, very helpful for kids who are ADD. Also, right. the sugar. Well. That's not true. He gets sugar sometimes and then he goes crazy and then I remind him this is why we don't have sugar.
0: Yeah. Um, yes.
1: He was a little harder. In fact, he cried hysterically when I said this is what we're going to do and you know every once in a while he would sneak it somewhere and he'd say, "Look, I'm fine. I'm totally fine. There's something wrong with me." And,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and speed that up. Look,
1: Mom, I'm fine. I'm fine. See? I'm fine. I'm just exactly. they- see Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. give that kid a Sprite. Oh my gosh. I'm like, okay, <gasps> 5 minutes from now. <laughs> it's so funny that you would be laughing, say that. it's actually.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so funny so, you would say that because we just had my grandkids and my daughter said the exact same thing. She said I just gave my son a Sprite and look what he's like within seconds. It was like room. Oh, that's oh yeah. Funny. Oh yeah. Ironically, they tell kids cuz it's you know, I won't ever put
1: him on uh, you know, Ritalin or anything like that. But um you know, if he wants to make that decision once he's grown up and out of my house, that's, of course, that's fine. But, exactly. um, yeah, but I won't put him on any medication for it. But another thing that they say for ADD is to give kids coffee because it's kind of, you know, the amphetamine is what, uh, right it works the opposite, you know, so, right. Like my husband is also ADD and he takes, um, he takes Adderall, which is an amphetamine, but it somehow slows the, I who know. Were, you know yeah. Really, really hyper down. So hold on, dude. So we were. Oh, that was very pretty. Thank you. So they um, found
0: I you. Me a, They've yeah, escaped. Get he the duck. Me tape a out. Lion.
1: <laughs> so you know when he would. Um, I don't make coffee very often, but I did try it out for a little while. This was a couple uh-huh. years ago when we were first trying it. Right. It was crazy. I mean, it was like I think they said a cup of coffee is equivalent to. I don't know, five milligrams of Ritalin or I'd have to look it back up again. So don't quote me on that. But, right. um, it was the craziest thing. He was sitting there like a little stone statue, just, you know, doing his work. <laughs> I was like, wow.
0: Gosh. <laughs> this stuff is awesome. Yeah. It doesn't work so why dog, not, why but, not give them some form of caffeine rather than the Ritalin that has the other side effects?
1: Right. Right.
0: Interesting. Better, so. yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about your blog because tell me how, I mean, we've already got a crazy life. At what point did you say I I have to write this down? I have to journal what's going on, for for or or I have to share my sanity, my insanity for me to get sanity. <laughs> Tell Talk about how your blog began.
1: Well, um, you know I've always I've always liked writing. I used to write poetry and and um, I always tried to write novels, but I never had the attention span or I would get interrupted, so it would only be a few pages in and it get forgotten I, about. I, Right. So I was talking to this one friend of mine who, um, she keeps a really awesome blog about her travels around the world and food and whatnot. And I said, I would really like to blog, but I don't really know what I would blog about. And she's like, What are you talking about? You have <laughs> material. You have all these kids. And yeah. you know, at that time, I was still on Facebook. I'm not anymore, but I would kind of, you know, post something ridiculous that one of my kids did. She's like, Look, that is blogging material right there. So I thought, well, yeah. Okay, I'll give it a try. And so um, that's how that, you know, my first blog, because I have a few, but the Today's Dose of Sanity blog, that was like, and I actually found it to be almost stress-relieving because you take a really crazy thing that they did that might make you cry, and maybe it did make me cry, but then I write about it, and then I can laugh about it as I read it again.
0: Yes, <laughs> so yes, that's, kind that's of how so I got true. Started,
1: and yeah, so, I mean, I have a few more serious posts on there, but for the most part, I try to keep that one you know, very light, almost making fun of myself and making, you know, light of crazy things that they're doing. And, you know.
0: Yeah. And I think that's so important and people don't understand. And I want to go back to to talk about why you got off Facebook. But I think that is so important that that's the whole thing with journaling. When people tell people to meditate, day, you know, journal daily, it's the ability to look back and go, you know what, I'm glad I wrote that down because I can remember. Because I can laugh about yeah. that now, or I can cry about that now. Whatever right. it is, it's really soul healing to journal, and that's what blogs really are. And yeah. and I, mean, I, I love what you said. So. Go ahead. No, go ahead.
1: No, I, I was just agreeing with you. I do go back and reread them sometimes, and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that time. That was crazy, but now I can laugh about it. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I remember, you know, when my kids were little, I made it a point to, I would get, now I don't think people even do it anymore with Facebook and Instagram and everything that's out there, but you used to get the Christmas letter from all the families and they would be, oh yes, little Johnny got, is on the uh, honor roll and little Susie won a gold medal in Junior Olympics and little Bobby, you know, is, uh, you know, was elected president of the class, whatever. And so I always made a point of sending out my Christmas letter in January. And then I would write down, you know, well, we've escaped prison again and so and so, (laughs) you know, has not been arrested this week. And just to kind of put it all in perspective, because it's like, I know that your life is not that perfect. I know that it's not. So what good does it do to share these fallacies with people and make the rest of us feel like crud, you know?
1: Exactly. Well, it's like Facebook. Everybody's always smiling in their pictures. I'm like, no, you are not smiling every day. Stop it.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So talk about, did you used to be on Facebook, but now you're not anymore?
1: I was. I was on Facebook, and I've always had a love-hate relationship with it. So I actually went off and on a few times before calling it quits completely.
0: Yeah, and yeah.
1: I did that about a year and a half ago. And it's funny because the first few days, it was like, I was in mourning. I was like, Oh my God, what should I do? Yeah, you know, i going mean, to have to yeah. check something. How will I know what this person is thinking right now? I mean, I, I won't see yeah. my pictures right now, but after a few days, <laughs> yeah. it was very liberating. I stopped caring. I mean, not that you stop caring about the people, but you just realize no. that a lot of the stuff is nonsense. And, you know, right. and, and plus there's some things were a little more, you know, um, I, I don't know, there were, there were some things on there that, and I'm, I'm obviously controversial in a lot of aspects because I have a bunch of kids and, you know, I go right. school and, you know, so people might see me as controversial, controversial as well, but, um, so it's not that I have a problem with those sorts of topics, it's just right. how violently people would attack other people and it just, I'm the kind of person that that really upsets me even if it's not directed yeah. right at me i just right. i got tired of reading all that and it would just kind of you know bring me down for the day and i thought you know this is just so not
0: um, this, this is not so what I true want
1: right
0: now <laughs> And you know what I had someone point out to me? In fact, I have a, a life and relationship coach that's going to be my guest next week. And one of the things that she pointed out to me, which, I, you know, hey, I saw the movie, the social media thing. I saw the movie. But she said, yeah. if you really look back on Mark Zuckerberg, who started Facebook, he was an outcast. And, his, yeah. and he did it his- to make fun of people. He did it to make fun of people. And if you look at that as the basis for how Facebook got started, and then you see kind of the high school mentality behind it, what frustrates me, and you might find this too, being in the blog world, what frustrates me is now the social media experts are saying, if you have a business... You have to be on social media to promote your yes. business, and that's what's yeah. frustrating. Is I want to get off, but it's like I have a business; I need to be telling people what's going on. And so, but I'm I'm with you. I'm kind of slowly weaning myself down to business only.
1: <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah, no. I so, talk friends of who, um, did the same thing that they they got rid of their personal account, but they still needed a business account. So they just have yeah. that nothing about family and it was just like their business context and it works for yeah. them for me I don't yeah. have a business so it was just personal so I was like I don't right. need this
0: exactly so well right. talk though a little bit about because I was going to ask you your blog a couple of blogs ago one of the things you wrote about was the helicopter parenting and uh-huh. and you know you get you got some comments back that were like well I disagree I don't know if I agree with that <laughs> have you have you ever gotten anything that was like, wow, let's, you know, turn it down a couple notches? How do you handle that negative feedback?
1: Well, you know, I on my blog, I, I haven't. If, if I'm going to be totally honest, the negative feedback was more on Facebook. Um, oh, good. But on my blog, I haven't gotten too much negativity. Um, you know, of course, there's always going to be people that are going to disagree with me, and I understand that. And I am right. putting myself out there, I guess, still because I'm, you know, it's a public blog, but um, right. no, I mean, I, I am a helicopter mom and I wish yeah. that I wasn't. So sometimes I try to step back, but it goes against my controlling nature, <laughs> 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 kind of like a, a battle with myself, I guess. But, um, yeah. you know, I, I haven't really had to deal with anything too negative. So I guess in that That's respect, good. I've. I've been pretty blessed. Uh, I'm able to just write freely and, you know, not have to worry about it too much. And
0: Right, so. right. So what is, you know, we've got about 10 minutes left, so that's quite a bit okay. of time. Talk a little bit about, um, you know, just the whole, like, what's a day in the life of Laura? I mean, with seven kids, and, and it's funny because um, I remember having someone say to me, Wow, how do you do it? Do you like feed them every day? I mean, they actually asked me that and I was like, um, I kind of have to. It's legally, I'm bound to feed them daily, but, um, I'm sure you, I'm sure, or do you must get when (laughs) you have them all together? Yeah. Yeah, When you go to the grocery store, do people say to you, are those all yours? And oh, you want to God, say, yeah, oh, you know time. what? Going to the grocery store with you know tons of kids is the best thing ever. So no, they're all neighbor kids. I picked them up and to oh, take yeah, them I've grocery shopping. I've
1: heard every comment you can imagine. <laughs> so tell tell us a little bit about some the of the comments you've heard. Oh, I, somebody once said Do they all have the same dad in front of all of them huh. when I was checking out. She was the checkout lady. I was like, are you serious? Um, yeah. If I had a penny for every time somebody said I have my hands full, I'd be a millionaire by now.
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
1: I actually had somebody say when I was pregnant with my fourth, "Don't you think you have enough?" <gasps> and that guy, um, you know, I, I didn't curse at him, but I might have said "jerk" under my breath, maybe a little bit louder. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was just so shocked. If
0: sure. I, I was just, to remember, I
1: was a walk in my neighborhood, and who do you think you are? And then. I've had people say, you know, it causes that. And let's see, do I have a TV? Um, Are we bored? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So when are you going to be done? You know, yeah, people. uh, people, You know, and can you imagine if you did that in
0: the reverse? If you went up to somebody that only had two children and said, really, that's (laughs) all you could handle or something like that?
1: Yeah. What's wrong with you? I know, right? That'd be horrible.
0: Yeah. So, no, I've had yeah, people say that too. Are they all me? yours? And and uh, <laughs> and I love by the same dad. Like as if if you have more than two children, you must be you know a tramp who has right. all these kids by different relationships. Because why else and would you front want? In of it? all of my kids too, I'm thinking.
1: And then she wanted to look at them all, and see if they looked. Alike. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, that's the only time I've actually made a formal complaint to somebody. I actually called. It was a Kroger in um in Rockwall. Sorry, I'm bashing the place. I'm not meaning to, but yeah. <laughs> I actually hey, called the no. manager because, you know, she's dealing with customer service as a cashier or, you know, the checkout lady. And, right. you know, I felt like that's not appropriate. If if you're saying that to me, I don't, I mean, maybe I'm singled out. Maybe she's perfectly nice to everybody else, but um,
0: right, right. I felt
1: like that was something I needed to call on. So I did.
0: Exactly. And do you find but, that uh, living in Texas that I don't know I, you know how if you've taken your your gang outside of the state, but do you feel as though because Texas is kind of a, you know, a little bit of the Bible belt? uh yeah, Like I remember right. when my daughter lived in Texas, she said, boy, you know, I love I love living here because everybody goes to church. And when I say everybody, obviously not everybody, but a lot of people go oh, to church on Sunday. On corner, yeah. And, and, and yeah. you know, a lot of schools have a uniform. There was a little bit more of a family mentality. Do you find that? Mm-hmm. Um, it
1: depends on where you are. When I was in Rockwall, which is just east of Dallas, it was a very small city. Um, yes, they were all very family-oriented, and I, I really love that city. Austin, the city of Austin itself, no, not so much. Um, True. And, but we're north of Austin, so we're, again, in the suburbs. And, yes, it's more of a family mentality out here, too. Um, I right. was raised in Houston. And,
0: okay.
1: And, but from that point of view, I saw it as a child. So I was actually, you know, like, oh, my gosh, I have all these siblings. and Yeah. You
0: know, so it was,
1: it was a different approach um, to my thinking then, of course. But, um,
0: right. yeah,
1: I would say for the most part that, you know, it's funny because now that I have, you know, seven, I, I – the one I hear the most really is just you have your hands full, and you just kind of smile and say, "Yes, thank you,
0: <laughs> yeah but, uh, yeah,
1: you know people are yeah, you know now mostly friendly, but um,
0: right, and yeah, what a great a what a great and- you know huh. thing to say back is like I do have my hands full, you know, and it's how yeah. lovely that you have your hands full. I would hate to yeah. have my arms empty, you know, um yes, exactly that's yeah that's no, a that's I a wonderful yes, thing,
1: I, I love it. <laughs> Yeah, what, uh,
0: you have like five sisters, or there's kids. five of you all together, how many grandchildren?
1: Right. Okay, let's see, there's seven to mine, and then four for my other sister, and one for my other sister, a sister still not married, and okay. another sister still, um, they're waiting to have kids, but you know.
0: Okay. All right. So they're, you're still young, and you still your sisters are still young. So there's there's time right. now. Do they? What do your sisters say? Do your sisters go? You're crazy, or what are their no, family it's, plans?
1: It's funny because um, I have two sisters that live overseas, and the one um, one of them has one child. She just had her first last year, and um, she had some difficulty at first um, trying to have children, and then right. the other one has. Um, she said she's done. <laughs> and it's funny because oh. she was the one that always had the family plan way from the beginning. I want six. And now she's like, no, I, I think I'm good. And so, yeah. So, but, no, she she comes over and brings her kids. And then there's, you know, lots of chaos. Actually, they all just yeah. lost a few weeks ago. And it was fun, but it was crazy.
0: It's so, crazy, um, right. And now did I hear you say you're the oldest of the family? I am. Okay, see, that's unusual. Usually the oldest child is the one that says, I had to take care of all my brothers and sisters and I'm only having one child or whatever. And then the baby of the family, the one that gets left behind is the one that ends up having lots of children because they missed out, you know, so you've broken the norm. Well, tell everyone how to get, you know, how to find your blog, and then tell them a little bit about your other blogs that you have. That, like you say, one is a little bit more serious, and then one of them is just kind of like, oh, here's my day today. So talk a little bit about how they can find you.
1: Okay. Well, the the one that you've mentioned, um, that's the Today's Dose of Sanity. Um, that's my more, you know, just they're very short blogs about, you know, funny days, funny parenting days, or crazy parenting days. Then I have another one called um, Homeschooling the Minds of Tomorrow, and that's more, um, you know, obviously education-based, and then, you know, how I'm dealing with, I'm sure you can hear them now, they've all found me.
0: They've (laughs) Um, all found you! (laughs)
1: Um, And that one deals more with, um, you know, um, teaching tips, and I, I talk more about autism on that blog, too and how okay. to um, parent and teach with autism. And okay. then I have another one that's a raw food blog because I try to eat. I don't always eat vegan and raw, but I feel better when I do. So um, that one's called Raw Food Made Easy. And that okay. one I just post, like, little things that I make here and there. And, um, oh,
0: that's really great.
1: Yeah. So <laughs>
0: That's you know, one of the right. things, too, that I think is so important, and, and I talk a little bit about this on my show, and I definitely have it in my book, is the importance of taking care of yourself. And I know you make an effort to exercise and take care of yourself because you have other people that you're in charge of. And so it's really important that you stay healthy and strong so that you can be there for the other people that are depending on you.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, um, when I was pregnant with my six, for whatever reason, crazy hormones, um, I, I went through a bout of very bad depression. And it wasn't, you know, because I didn't want the child or, you know, really anything other than, like I said, I think just hormones.
0: Right. And
1: it was very difficult because, you know, I still did have to get up and take care of the kids and, you know, feed them, even if all I wanted to do was stay in bed. And I, you know, had to right. take care of myself and this, you know, baby inside of me. Um, I will say our, our schoolwork probably laxed a little bit. (laughs) I did as much as I could. Um so there's I've I've dealt with that off and on, you know, a few times and you know, I've um you know had to either take supplements or medications just to get me through that period. So I can take care of myself and I can take care of my kids. And um Yeah, you know, we do eat healthy for sure. Um like I said my, my other kids are also on a very I mean not very restrictive it's much easier now to eat that way but you know right. they don't um you know I, I cook for them breakfast lunch and dinner um and make sure they're balanced meals and i'm not going to say we don't ever splurge and go to chick-fil-a sure that's why we do
0: <laughs> well yeah and that's and that's okay when you're eating 95 percent healthy that five percent does not make a bit of difference in your diet that's what treats yeah. are all about yeah. yeah
1: and they look forward to that so
0: Exactly. Um, We do
1: that. And then I, you know, like I said, for stress stress relief, I'll blog and I really just do it for my phone, everything for my phone, because I don't have time to sit at the computer. Um, I have a whole bunch of books that I would love to read. Um, My cousin, we went to go visit him um, and his family last year in Arizona. And he gave me a bunch of books to read. And I,
0: I feel bad because I've not read any of them. But (laughs)
1: <laughs> one day I
0: will someday someday Audiobooks, <laughs> audiobooks audio books are your friend I've decided that's I know, the only way I get I things read too. now
1: <laughs> yep. yeah you have to be driving I, in I your car sometimes. yeah <laughs> I'll color while I'm standing up and cooking and that's like it's exactly. so it me a long time to finish one thing I guess I could do reading the same way but me reading I need like a quiet you know spot at least right. an hour whereas coloring I kind of just it's like background noise I'm just kind of doing it but um
0: Exactly. So, well, yeah, you know, we Laura, thank you so and- much. I, I'm so glad you shared with us. And I I think it's really important to you have made, you know, I, I once heard a statement that said, you know, you can have everything, you just can't have everything at once. And everything that you've just said, even finding time to read a book, you know, your day will come, there will be a time in your life when you'll be like, wow. This is so much, what happened to, what happened to my crazy little babies and, and you'll have that time I and you'll you not know what to do. <laughs> well, and you know what I, and I say that because, you know, I have, now I have 12 and a half grandchildren and so I still have babies all around. So I still have to rely right. on audiobooks, but anyway, thank you for sharing thank and you please so much. everyone get on today's dose of sanity. If you just need a little bit of a whoa, uh, I'm glad I don't have her life or a little chuckle or whatever you need to uh, as a pick me up. I think it's so important that we share and we be positive and we help each other out. Tell your tell your helper that came over. Thank you. I appreciate her help today as well. giving you this chance Thank to be you. my guest. So um, I will be you know listening and watching your blog daily and good luck with that. and uh, have a great Thank day. You.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, you're so welcome. That was really fun talking with Laura today. And, you know, if any of you, you really do need to realize that sometimes having a large family actually makes it easier. And so when you look at all of us crazy women that have decided to have, you know, as many kids as we possibly could. We did it for our sanity. You know, we did it for the opposite reasons of what you would think. Um, but anyway, it was a great show. I appreciate, I appreciate, uh, what she shared with us today. And I think the most important thing, the message that she, um, that she gave was that you know your children best. You know what your children need more than anyone does. And so, fight for that. Fight for that, and find it out there. Listen to other people. Take the little tidbits out of their of their helpful um, ideas. Take what you can, but then throw away what you don't need, and find what works out best for you. Join me again next week, and where we will have another guest that will share their their journey, and hopefully you'll find some joy in listening to how they've found happiness in their sorrow. So I appreciate you being with me today on Heaven Sent and Bent, and we'll talk next week. Bye-bye.